Welcome to an Ask LGHL edition of the Land Grant Holy Land podcast. My name is Matt Tamanini, and I am joined by Caleb Hauser. Caleb is one of our recruiting columnists, and he's also a highly decorated high school football coach. Uh, I won't say what state you, you work and coach in. <laughs> Caleb will leave that to the imaginations of the listeners. But I wanted to get you on here because... I think everyone can can agree that at this point in the college football season, a third of the way through the regular season, that C.J. Stroud, if he is not the Heisman Trophy front runner, which I think he is, he's at least one of the top two or three candidates in there. And I think he has shown that he is, with all due respect to reigning Heisman Trophy winner Bryce Young, he's the best quarterback in college football. However, he is not perfect. And, and we have seen that throughout his year and a half or year and a third as Ohio State's starter And the one thing that I think we've seen from him over and over, and we saw it a little bit on Saturday against Wisconsin, is is when he's not dialed in and when he's not sharp, we see his ball go a little high. And coming from my background as a baseball and softball coach, I know that there can be a number of reasons why that is. A lot of them have to do with stride, either overstriding, and that means your arm is dragging and it's going high, it's not getting the follow-through. Could also be understriding, and you're just not getting the chance to have that arm get into the right arm slot maybe it actually is just something about his arm mechanics coming through either about cj specifically i know you haven't watched game film necessarily on him but have you seen anything in the games from him specifically about what might be leading to that or if not in general what can lead to a quarterback missing high on a consistent level once or twice here there is is one thing but that's really the only knock I have on C.J. Stroud as a quarterback is, is the fact that when he's not dialed in, the ball does seem to sail at times. Yeah, I think you hit on it a little bit earlier with it can be a numerous reasons. I think when you look at like the NFL level with Joe Burrow, like sometimes he th- has a couple of passes that tend to sail high. Um, in my in my humble opinion, the reason why Joe Burrow has that is because he is, has a lack of he has a lack of per- you know, protection up front. Um, so a lot of mm-hmm. times it's, you know, quickly got to get the ball out. Like you said, can't step into the ball, can't stride it. Um, but for me, a lot of the quarterback mechanics that, you know, really set quarterbacks apart, it, you really don't throw the ball so much just with your arm. Like the legs have to be included in that. Like your footwork is a huge part of being able to throw the ball from my vantage point, And I could be off on this, but from my vantage point, sometimes I think CJ Stroud, because he's like a pitcher in baseball, he has so many different throws that he can do. I mean, he can sling it. He can throw it, uh, you know, a mile. He's got a cannon of an arm. He can throw that, you know, on the right hash and hit the left hash on an out pattern, like those NFL type throws. But he also does a really good job. And this year, I think he's shown it even more of being able to throw the ball with touch. Like he can drop it over defenders and it kind of just dumps in the basket, you know, if you will, right into the receiver's hands. We're like, man, if, if a linebacker or a safety, whoever's guarding the receiver at that point, just times a jump, right? Like that's a pick. But I mean, CJ is so good with his touch, it kind of just drops in the bucket. But again, I think from my vantage point, it's one of those things where sometimes I think he just releases too early on the ball and it, it tends to sail on him a little bit because he's not able to step all the way in the throw. I just think the release point from my vantage point when I watch him, sometimes it looks like he doesn't follow through all the way where he's not able to, you know, kind of snap the ball down, you know, with his wrist where it's that kind of clean, you know, progression of throwing every time. I think sometimes he just releases a little bit early because he's not stepping all the way through the ball. You are a wide receiver coach by trade. 
as a wide receiver, if you know a guy like in a game is having a tendency to throw the ball high, is that something that you can account for as you are getting ready to catch a pass? Or is it just too fast? You just have to react. But or, or is it like, you know, OK, my quarterback has been sailing balls a little bit today as I'm coming across the middle. If I'm start to see him wind up and come to me, I'm going to do X because I know it might be a little bit higher than I would like it to be. Yeah, I think at the high school level, it's kind of one of those things where it might just be too late. And that's not to <laughs> knock high school kids, but sometimes it's like, you know what? Sometimes if the quarterback's just high, you're just not going to get there. I think next level receivers, definitely college NFL type guys, if they see, and I think it's one of those things too, where it doesn't happen all the time. So sometimes it's just an accident or a mistake, but, and so, you, you know, you're probably not going to catch that ball if it's too high. But I think sometimes if the ball continues to sail and it's just a little bit high receivers that kind of have like that next level football IQ, like they're bending their routes a little bit deeper. Like if it's a dig, you know, at 10 yards where they're breaking into the field, you know, kind of in the middle of the, of the middle of a zone defense, maybe they push to 12 and now, you know, break it off. So it's extra two yards. You got an extra six feet to kind of react to that ball. You know, so sometimes you can stem your routes a little bit deeper. You can push them a little bit deeper. Uh, but at the same time, you know, a lot of times receivers don't run routes that are just based on yardage. Like it, it, especially at the high school level, like they'll say, Hey, run a three-step slant. And then, you know, we're in college, like, not every, not every slant route, not every post route looks the same. You know, you have to be able to play in space and not be a robot. You know, I'm going to take my five steps and then bend it in on a slant, or I'm going to take my six steps and bend it in on a post. Sometimes you just need to be able to play in space at the college level because of the, what the defense is doing and what they're you know able to give you. You just need to find, you know, that open zone, that green grass and run to it. Um, so I think, you know, for, for high school kids, it's one of those things where I think it might just be kind of a, you know, if they, that ball's not, if that ball's high, you're going to have to jump for it, but most of the time, if it's high, you're just not going to get it. Um, but again, at the college level, I think if, you know, that continuous sailing, if it happens over and over again, I think the next level of football IQ guys can just, you know, adjust their routes. So they're playing in space and they're a little bit deeper on those routes. Yeah. And again, I don't want to say that CJ Stroud misses high all the time. You don't sure, see it yeah. very often. Like we saw it a little bit extra on uh, Saturday against Wisconsin, saw it a little bit against Notre Dame and saw it more often early in the season in 2021. Um, but I mean, more times than not, he's practically perfect. Uh, and he is, like I said, by far the best quarterback in college football. And, and at this point, at the one-third mark through the season, I think the uh, the Heisman Trophy favorite by far. Absolutely. Um, one last question here, and I think this plays into some of the things we talked about with Stroud uh, missing high, is the protection that that he's had. I think, I think there's some reasons to be concerned at times with Ohio State's offensive line, specifically in run blocking. But overall, they've been fantastic in pass protection uh, for this entire season. And really last year too, they were much better in pass pro than they were in run blocking last season. When you have an offensive line unit that is able to keep a quarterback clean and not just clean, but like not even really having to worry too much about hurries. Um, Ohio state did seem to move the pocket and move Stroud out of the pocket a little bit more than they normally did because they anticipated Wisconsin having a little bit more pressure than some of the other teams that they faced early in the season. But for the most part, he didn't really have to deal with a ton of pressure. How much does that change or allow a quarterback and wide receiver combination to just kind of settle into a rhythm when they don't have to worry about getting off their timing and don't have to worry about uh, potentially having to break things off early to go back and rescue a quarterback? 
It's everything. I mean, to be just blunt with you, I mean, the battle's won up front. I think every every person that, you know, watches football or at least knows, you know, knowledge of the game knows that the battle's won up front on the offensive defensive line. So when you're able just to give the protection to the quarterback that they need to be able to go through reads, to be able to go through progressions, it, it's next level. I mean, not not every throw is, you know, that quick hit hot route where it's just, okay, that's my, that's my primary guy. I'm going with him every time. A lot of the concepts that Ryan Day has are developing downfield and there are reads and progressions that go through that play. One of the plays they run is called brag um, and it's a brag concept. So you have kind of a, the, for example, the balls in the middle of the field, the right receiver is going to run a deep crossing pattern of a post. And then the left side receiver is going to run kind of a post as well, but underneath the other post. So you are reading and you're basically hoping that a two high shell, a man shell, a one high safety shell, whatever, whatever receiver they choose to guard, you are trying to basically bait them into picking someone that way you're as a quarterback making them wrong. If they take the high, if they take the high post, you're dumping it off underneath. If they take the short one, now you've got the deep ball over top. And those routes, they take time. When you're able to protect CJ Stroud, he's able to go through those progressions. And you know, whether or not Ohio State has incredible receivers and speed, which they do, you still need to be able to have that protection up front to be able to go through those reads, to go through those progressions. And if they're not open, you still need the protection because eventually you're going to have to work from, you know, deep down to shallow to be able to hit those those crossing patterns, which many times are those checkdowns. And if people watch Ohio State scheme on offense, which I'm a complete and total football nerd, which I do, a lot of those deep passing and all those deep passing, you know, kind of concepts, they always have someone underneath, you know, on a, on a crossing pattern shallow. So if CJ doesn't have anyone deep to be able to hit, he's able to dump it off, you know, underneath. And then, you know, hopefully they can get five to six yards out of that. And if they're playing man coverage, a lot of times those are the ones that you hit right away because those crossing patterns can give fits for linebackers up front. So again, to make a long story, very short, um, it's just one of those things where if you have the protection, you're able to do, you know, so much more for the pass game and you're able to open up so much more. Yeah. I, I think that the, the offensive line is one of the biggest improvements on the team this year, uh, probably dwarfed a little bit by some of the improvements we've seen on the defensive side of the ball, but in an offense that was the number one offense in the country to see that kind of progression uh, from the offensive line to go from good to, I don't know that they're great yet, but they're really good right now. Um, and if they can continue to kind of open up some some holes in the running game to kind of go along with their really excellent pass protection, this could be a really, really exciting season for that offense and the rest of the team. All right, Caleb, thank you for chiming in on that. I appreciate your insight as always. If you guys have questions that you would like to ask either me or Caleb or anybody else from the LGHL staff, send us a tweet at LandGrant33. There is also an email address. If you head over to LandGrantHolyLand.com under the top carousel of articles, scroll down. You'll see different sections for Ohio State's men's basketball team and women's basketball team. Then we have a pinned article about our Ask LGHL columns with an email address that you can send questions to in there if you would like we will be answering those just about every single day on the site and sometimes in podcast form so thanks for listening we will talk to you soon and as always go bucks